This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 47 of the Healthy Critters Radio on the Horse Radio Network. Healthy Critters Radio is brought to you by Biostar US. Find line at biostarus.com. On today's show, we talk to Melissa Taylor, dressage rider and trainer and author of Run to Muffin Tail. The breed of this show is the buff Orpington chicken. Hedwig weighs in on the concept of sharing. In critter nutrition, we focus on bone remodeling in horses. And in coffee clutch, we share what kind of boyfriend or girlfriend our horses would be. Yes, Tigarelli. Tigarelli, Tigarelli. I have some exciting news. You're pregnant with puppies? Yes. That's, <laughs> that's more realistic. <laughs> Jennifer's pregnant with puppies? <laughs> what? I can't wait to hear. What is this news? What is this news? I'm starting a new company. What? <laughs> what company is this? Okay, I want to hear. It's uh, called, okay, so it's called Seeds for Kindness. Okay. And it's um, an online store that represents artists and small companies that are environmentally conscious. Oh, that's wonderful. And proceeds from the company, from Seeds for Kindness, will go to environmental nonprofit charities. That is awesome. And, well, let me tell you what is so cool is it, it was inspired by Alaska. Oh, okay. You know, my trip to Alaska changed my life mm. in that I realized I wasn't doing enough for the environment. And we have so much to not only protect and keep pristine like Alaska, um, but we also have a whole bunch of of um, land and ocean that we've pretty much polluted mm-hmm. and that we haven't taken care of. So I, I just had this compelling need to step up and do more. And, you know, I... I, a couple of years ago, I read this book called The Diamond Cutter, which was written by a Buddhist monk. And it's all about kindness and how kindness, it can be, you know, smiling to a stranger. It can be opening the door for a stranger. It can be letting somebody in in front of you when you're in traffic. I mean, it's, you know, it's little things. It doesn't have to be something huge. But that that energy, when you give it, it affects your yourself spiritually and yeah. biologically, yeah. as does the person that you're being kind to. And that the more the kindness is spread, then the person who receives the kindness then is wants to be kind to somebody else. Right. Um, and sometimes it's not automatic, but I mean, how many times has somebody done something, kind, done a kind thing and you think, Wow, that is so kind. And mm-hmm. you think, wow, how can I be kind? Yes, you want to so repay. It, it, you want to pass it on. 
Right. So imagine filling our world with kindness rather than what we're dealing with now. So when I got this idea, it was it, it was so synchronistic because then things started to come together really quickly. And, you know, I had the vision, I had the idea, and then I went, okay, now how am I going to find the products and the companies, you know, because that's right. not an easy task. And I, I'm looking for things that, you know, aren't on Facebook, you know, aren't in the mainstream yet, aren't on Amazon. These are little companies that have an idea and a cool new product. And, and the first company I found was in Kenya, Africa. Wow. And what they do is so remarkable. They harvest the plastic flip-flops wow. and bottles that wash up on the beaches. Wow. Now, I had no idea that there is that much, but evidently everybody in Africa wears flip-flops. Right. And a lot of them end up in the ocean. Wow. So what this little company does is people go and they collect it and they, they bring it to the company um, facility and everything, all the plastic is washed and sterilized. And then it's pressed into blocks. And these artists carve animals out of the blocks. Wow. Giraffes, rhinoceroses, sharks, whales, pandas. And and they tell you how many flip-flops you just removed from the ocean. Are you serious? Oh, wow. So when I found them, and I found them so fast, and I don't can't even tell you how I found them, but I was just led to them. And I've had you know, several conversations with them over Skype. Um, you know, we, we placed our order. We're now awaiting our shipment. And, um, I mean, they, in turn, now they employ, you know, like 50 different artists to carve these animals. Mm -hmm. They employ people to, you know, gather up the, the plastic. They employ people to clean it and press it. Right. And then they give a percentage of their profits to the Ocean Conservancy. Wow. So they really are completing a cycle. Wow. And that's so in spirit of Seeds for Kindness. I mean, that's what spreading the seeds is. It's it's making the forest bigger. Oh, and this is just so cool. I, I, I've got it. I know. And I got this. I found this wonderful Alaskan artist when I was there. And she she goes and gathers birch bark mm -hmm. that's fallen off the trees. And she makes oh, wow. birch bark earrings. And they are so beautiful and they're really light. Uh -huh. and they're not heavy at all. I, I, I have two pairs. And it's like you're wearing the woods. Oh, wow. And we have some other very cool artists. Um, one that takes recycled, he takes like motherboards and all these like old movie reels and all this tech stuff. Right. And he turns them into clocks. Oh, oh my gosh. And it's, it's very cool. It's imaginative and clever. So, Anyway, Seeds for Kindness is going to launch in November, and um, and the whole purpose of the company is to 
be able to support these little companies and artists and what they're doing. And it's going to be like a flash sale. So we'll rotate. We won't always have the same products. It won't be like Amazon where you know you can jump on there and get this every time. Right. We're going to have limited amounts featuring specific artists, and then we'll rotate more in. Um, I love and this. What then, a fantastic you know, thing. A oh, I'm so glad, Patty P. I just think that is fantastic. What a way to give back from what a cool thing that you were able to do. Um, and you know how everybody says, you know, this is a life-changing experience and it just becomes that and that's all it is. Well, you just did something about it. Yeah. Kudos to you, Tiggy. Yeah. Kudos to you. Pretty cool. Thanks. Pretty cool. Well, I will um, I'll be sharing the uh, website once we're launched in November right. and, and um, look forward to people jumping on and seeing these really cool companies and we found this company that makes hemp water filters out of hemp okay oh wow oh wow <laughs> you screw onto your um tap so oh, I, can't, wow. I can't wait to just learn about the cleverness of people and the and unique stories this is gonna be so fun i can't yeah. wait i know innovation. innovation is really outstanding and this company is developing a shower head that will filter out um all heavy metals and, you know, salmonella, E. coli, which is especially important if you're on a well, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, cool. And of course the water is so much better for your skin. So anyway, lots of cool companies yeah. and products and, oh, we have a mushroom company that is, I, I don't want to let too much out of the bag, but that's extremely cool. Yeah. Um, so anyway, that's, that's my big news. Cool. That's big news. That's good news. That's worth, that's worth talking about. I, um, I, I got nothing. Um, I got a new toothbrush, um, which I just feel like is fails in comparison. Um, and I got new silverware. So Jen, anything, um, you know, it's going to help you at all with, I'm going to have a brighter smile. There we go. There we go. I just, I discovered, yeah. I, I discovered that, uh, I have an extra pair of glasses I didn't realize I had. Oh, see, that's huge. Yeah. yeah. A moment that's of discovery. Really Absolutely. Help. Yeah. That is huge. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, kudos to you, Tigger. <laughs> I think this is pretty awesome. Thanks. Well, that's all such cool stuff to hear, Tigger. Let's, uh, let's go on to Melissa Taylor and hear about her new ventures. And we're here with Melissa Taylor, who is an FEI rider and trainer, well-known throughout the country. She is also a chicken owner, and she's written a book called The Runtamuffin Tale, which is charming and delightful. It's got unbelievably good reviews. The illustrations are spectacular, and I'm just thrilled to have Melissa on. Welcome, Melissa. Thank you. I'm very excited to be here. So how did you get, it, or what made you, or what inspired you to get into chickens? Chickens, actually, it started for me giving a birthday present to um, my husband, Lars Peterson. Uh, he's extremely organic. He eats, he's very healthy. He always wanted to kind of be uh, self-contained in the sense, having our own beef, having our own chickens. And it was a birthday present that... I ended up buying for him, but now they're my chickens. <laughs> so it's 
turned out that they were, uh, it was like an Indian giver gift because I gave them to him, but now I am in totally control over them. So that's how I got into chickens. <laughs> that's so funny. And what, what breed did you start with or breeds? I only started with barn elders and with uh, uh, speckled brown hens was my first, is the first original. How long ago was that? Okay. Been a couple of years, right? Yeah, it's been now four, five years. Okay. Yeah. And and what is your being a chicken uh, farmer myself? What do you what have you discovered about chickens? They have so much more personality than I ever realized. They and first of all, they're extremely intelligent. I can't get over. They know the clockwork of the feeding time in the barn. They, I can call them and they, we have a 15 acre property in Wellington or in Loxahatchee, which for Florida is a lot of acreage and we're yeah. at, and I can call them and they can be scattered and they will instantly come because they know they're getting, um, they're, they know they're getting watermelon. They oh, have the so whole cute. routine down. They understand when <laughs> going in, they know when the girls are walking through at lunchtime. I mean, and they're so talkative. They really know the horses that are friendly, the horses that they trust going into the stalls and the horses they're like, no way. And they run right past. <laughs> so it's actually, they're very intelligent and they are actually very cuddly too, which I didn't think chickens would be so cuddly. Yeah. I wouldn't have but, thought um, that either. Yeah. No, all my hens love to be picked up and carried around and scratched. And they actually enjoy hanging out on your lap, which is a little strange, which I never knew. That is so cute. I've seen you post so many videos of them, and there. I guess the one was a watermelon one, where you're calling them, and they all come come running around. It is the cutest. Oh my gosh, it is. It's like they're like puppies. They're like they really puppies. are like puppies. They are, and I never. And the other thing is, I have a lot of dogs, and I was really afraid that my dogs would be attacking my chickens. Right. And it's amazing to see how you can train your dogs. Like, listen, no, 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 this is not your chicken dinner <laughs> kind of treat. And they yeah. actually listen, and it's nice. And they actually are protective over my chickens now. When a new dog Aww. comes in, they will go in and kind of like scurry the other dogs away from the chickens and say, sorry, buddies, you can't eat them. If I can't, you can't have them. <laughs> yeah. Oh, wow. You know, so it's That's nice. pretty yeah. cool. That's pretty cool. Yep. Yeah. What um, inspired you to write the book? Because it's it's such a charming, wonderful little tale. So I started deciding to write the story because I lost one of my favorite chickens due to heat exhaustion. Um, one summer it was very hot, and uh, I don't know if it for what reason, if there was other things going on. And one of my friends said to me, you should write a story about your chickens. And because they all see, they laugh at me that I'm so into them and they only listen to my voice. Like my girls can try raising their voice to my octave and they cannot get the chickens to listen like I can. So that's so um, funny. It's actually really comical. So when she said that you should write a story about it and I started to do it. And when I first wrote it, it was like this huge novel and it was ridiculous. And, and, and I started kind of filtering through it and it kind of became, um, really engulfing. Like I loved it. And I had a lot of personal issues with my mom being ill and things going on that it was kind of like a wonderful outlet, mm. you know, um, riding, riding horses and training dressage is so intense and it's, it's also very hard yep. and it's also hurtful some days and it's humiliating almost every yeah. day. And, and you kind of go through these waves of emotions every day. And this was like my little, my little outlet. Like I would go in bed with my glass of wine and my book and start playing with it and writing and changing things and adjusting it. And I did that for probably 
um, four to five months before I started seeking Mark. Wow. And Mark is my illustrator. So before wow. then, and then even while doing that, I I still, after I had Mark, I still changed some of the text and some of the words and everything and moved things around. But, and that's how it all started. That is so cool. I have what a, made a, you a chicken enough to publish it? Um, you know, I don't know. I think, you know, when you're, you can't do something or when you think you can't get something done and you think it's like impossible and you would never do something like that. I have the personality uh, or someone called me, I'm like a Jack Russell, you know, tell me you can't do it. You can't climb it. You're going to get it done. And, and somewhere along the way, they're like, oh, well, you know, you'll never write a, you'll never publish it. I don't even know who said it. It was just like some comment. And I'm like, you know what? Guess what, guys? I'm going to do this to the end. Yeah, and I did. And, and, and I think, yeah, it's like kind of like girl power in the sense for me. <laughs> and also Melissa power. It's my own identity in, in itself. It's, you know, I am married to an yeah. extremely famous massage writer who is wonderfully supportive of me. I'm not stating this in, in, in any bad way, but he's very much, um, you know, he is Lars Peterson. He's been to the Olympics. Mm. He's done World Cups. He's made teams. You know, people yeah. will always ask, what does Lars have coming up next? They're not always asking me what I have up next. So maybe in a sense, to me, this also became my yeah. own identity. And it didn't, it's not a bad thing it's it makes me feel even more it makes me feel better for who i am and what i've done so so that's kind of what it is also so you know me yeah. uh, well you guys know me i'm very honest i'm very straightforward i am not ashamed yep. of anything that i have and have not done and um and i guess that's why i'm saying what i'm saying now you know it, this gives me a melissa identity that's just me and there's no attachments to it so that's been nice yeah that's pretty cool yeah, it was fun. So, if, if I, a horse person wanted to have a, a chickens, what would you recommend? What what breed would you start with? Well, I would start with the barn elders or the speckled brown hens. Uh, the Americanas can be a little bit not as friendly. Um, and the, yeah. if you get a rooster Americanas, they're extreme. Their Mayan was extremely aggressive, so that I no longer have that rooster. It did not fit into my um, my family of hens, he was just too aggressive and, and I didn't like that. So I have no roosters and I don't want any roosters. Hopefully I never get any. Um, so I would definitely suggest barn elders or <laughs> suggest, uh, the speckled brown and the wine dots that I have golden, uh, wine dots and silver wine dots. Those are both extremely sweet, um, chickens too. So I would recommend all of them. So I wanted to ask you how, um, how, how long do chickens normally live? Well, they don't say, they say not that long, but uh, uh, they say four or five, six years. But then I've heard other people say they've had them for nine or 10 years. And mm. my older group are now four to five years already, and they are kicking just fine. So, and they're laying eggs. I must get, I probably get uh, 11 to 13 eggs a day, wow. and I have wow. 14 chickens. Yeah. So, yeah. Unfortunately, I have lost... Um, three chickens along the way to coyotes um, oh. that were very brave. I had a brave female that came on and, and came on and took out two chickens uh, four days apart. Uh, the coyote is no longer. Then yes. I had, unfortunately, a client's dog who came and was not chicken friendly to not my knowledge. And that he, and that dog actually took out a chicken. So it was pretty upsetting. Um, and yeah. that client is no longer a client. Either, uh, so, right. But <laughs> anyway, right. 
yeah. Right, right. <laughs> so, so do you, um, do you have like now that you've done this? Because I mean, I remember when Laura's had come um, and was doing a clinic here in Texas. Um, the one barn I was at, remember Cluckingham Palace? I think yeah. he took tons of pictures. Um, so, you, um, do they have a, a, do you have a place where they go at night, or do they? Yes, they don't absolutely. Okay. So where they do they go? They all day long. Okay. Um, in the book, you'll see the actual, the chicken house, that chicken house that you see in the book okay. is actually what they have. I went ahead and was searching, you know, when they're very small, it's much easier. And as they get bigger, <coughs> we, I went ahead and looked all over and I found this, um, it's actually would have been a normal storage shed and it's made out of concrete board for being in Florida. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's anchored down to the ground. And then I built in shelves and different levels of shelves. So they can come in and put a little uh, ramp, put a door in the front and it gets locked. So, and then what I also built was I read about the animals digging under to get after them and going up high. So I built a trench like two feet deep around the whole perimeter. I made a little run for them mm-hmm. and I have fencing that goes into the ground and then it goes six feet up. So it keeps away, but they're free all day long, but I don't let them out till like seven, seven thirty in the morning. And then they back in their, in their pen and in their enclosure around five o'clock at night. Okay. So that's pretty, that's pretty cool. So you really just ended up getting the a crash put course. themselves to bed. Some do, some do. I, I have one of their brooders who wants to just have sit on the eggs all day long. So I do have a couple <laughs> that like to go in on their own. Um, but then of course I have one who's scrambled in the book and she literally is scrambled. She is wild. She'll lay eggs wherever she wants and mm-hmm. her feathers are always a mess. And she's always the one that the girls have to chase around the property to get in because she's just in her own little, she has her own, uh, agenda every day. Oh, that so, is yeah. just hysterical. Oh, that is I have hysterical. a couple of the hens, they're buff orphantons. And they like to lay eggs, not in the hen house. Oh, no. That's, that's way beneath them. That's where the other hens go. They go right into the horse's stalls. And because we bed in straw, it's my perfect chicken lane. And then they, when they get, and you think, oh, my God, they're going to get stepped on. They're going to get hurt. No. The horses are like, okay, I just won't back up against the back of the stall. I've got a chicken it's there. So, it's the crazy, eggs never get it? broken, yeah. which is some kind of miracle. And they love to go in the hay room. I don't know what the big attraction is, but um, they think the hay room, especially high up, that's just the the optimal egg lane spot. So, Melissa, for our listeners who would like to read Runtamuffin, the Runtamuffin mm-hmm. tale, we have the website link um, on Healthy Critters, so you can go there and go right directly to um, the link where you can buy the book. Is it is it sold on Amazon? Where, where are the other places you can buy the book or download the book? Okay. Um, on my website, you can buy or download the book. I just submitted it to Barnes & Noble, and I just got confirmation that they received it, uh, that, but they did not approve it yet. So hopefully it will be on Barnes & Noble. I have not put it on Amazon yet, which I will do. I, I, it was kind of, um, okay. for me, it's also a little bit of a learning curve. And then I'm, I, it's, show, it's sold at So Chic, which is a, a Wellington boutique, clothing boutique for horses here in Wellington. Um, but right now it's mainly my website. That's so awesome. So you okay. ha- you're learning all sorts of stuff as you do this. I have been. It's been really a wonderful learning curve. You know, it's actually, yeah. and it, it's also brightened my horizons in many ways. So, yes. I oh, do I bet. I bet. Very fun. 
So is there another tale coming? Yes, there is. A, I actually, when I wrote the book, I had a school teacher that teaches second, third grade, sorry, I had to read the book. And at first she spoke to me about um, fleshing it out. And then we talked about it more. And I went and did my research on like the original Winnie the Pooh. They're a little bit more intense. So every character within the book, Fatty, Patty, Sally, Scrambled, Marriott, Bodo, Louie, they'll all have their own one-on-run runty tale. Um, oh. I already have two of them done already, and I'm now working on them. Wow. That's amazing. Yeah. Yep. Holy yep. Oh, That's yeah. amazing. That's, you know, that I'll tell you, that is like, and to know how busy your life is and to know that you did this, I mean, that's such a, yeah. that's just such an amazing thing. I mean, it's just such a cool thing. So kudos We're to you. Really I bet you're going to inspire a lot of people. I hope so. Yep. I mean, it's, it's really, it's just, I don't know. You know, you both know writing. You know how it gets you so focused and so intense, and that's what all you do. And so I honestly feel my writing has gotten better. And Mars mm-hmm. actually said the same thing. He's like, you have, you're, you seem like you have more feeling within your horse. And I know it sounds silly to say, but it does I do. I, there's a lot of things have changed for me. And, and I think it's been beneficial in many ways emotionally and everything for me. So yes, that's I'm definitely awesome. enjoying what I'm doing. Yes. That's awesome. Well, congratulations. This is just the coolest thing. Thank you very much. I'm I can't done. wait to read the next one. I know. I've got to read Yay. this one. I got to read this one. I haven't read it yet. <laughs> yes. I'm going to download it. It's, it's, it's fun. <laughs> I have um, Mark, poor Mark, my illustrator, who's amazing, by the way. He did a great job. Uh, he's been, he's already ready to start. So I'll give him the manuscript. I found out also I was going to try to send it off to Oprah, but Oprah wants your manuscript before it's published. So she mm. kind of wants to have control over it. So I chose not to do that. And then I did send it off to Ellen. Wow. Um, but Ellen is a four to six month process. And so it went, what, the middle of August. So I'll have a lot more feedback come January from these people. But I also, I've been getting wonderful reviews. I just got my New York Times review. So it's coming back very positive. Oh, my I'm gosh. That's just so cool. I yeah. am so proud of you. That That's is just the so neatest fantastic. thing. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. That Thank is you. so cool. I'm really excited. Very excited. Well, congratulations. Thank you very much. Well, I have to say that I absolutely identify with the process. I, my second book is coming out December 1, and I, I absolutely get how the empowerment that it, it brings in a whole different way. Right. So true. It's very true. Because writing I is, yep. is it, you really have to go within. It's a, it's a deep exactly. process. Very, very, very and it's true. Very revealing. <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh, yes. I will be honest. When I, I was so excited about this book, and I was so excited to get it done, and I couldn't wait till it's completed, and I can hold it in my hands. And then I got it, and I was like an armadillo. I curled my legs and my whole body in a ball, and was going the opposite direction to get <laughs> from experience. All of a sudden, I realized now I have to put it out to public. So I went oh, from like yeah. having this little yep. modeling. I was proud of to now put out into the public and say, okay, you need, now I'm going to get critics to read it. And I think also it was wonderful. Tammy Hogue on my one Facebook post, she was Kirkus is a very difficult. And I knew that is a very difficult, um, uh, review company for book reviews. And when they, she said, you'll be, should be thankful if you get one positive line. And I got more, wow. one, more than one positive line. So that made me really oh. happy to. Oh, that's that. awesome. And also, yeah. Was wonderful. So. Yeah, absolutely. Very, well, very that's nice. neat. Well, cool. 
Well, Melissa, we can't wait for the next versions, the next tales. And for all our listeners, please go to healthycrittersradio.com and we have a link right there to get to Melissa's book and you can buy it and read it yourself. So thanks, Melissa. And thanks, I'll Melissa. see you in January. <laughs> Thank you, girls. Looking forward to it. <laughs> Hi, Hedwig. What are you doing? Hard to hear you. You know why Jennifer is my favorite name to say? Why? Because it has the word fur. Aww. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, that was cute. <laughs> I didn't expect that. Well, you know, I like to surprise and entertain all my. <laughs> Well done. Well done. Hi, Rock. <laughs> Hedwig, I, um, my question for you is the concept of sharing. Well. What is your concept of sharing? I have a relatively nuanced idea about sharing, partially because of my relationship with my sister, who, as you know, is a very important part of my life. Now, you have dogs of your own, and they tend to be a little hoardy with the toys and the food, in my experience. <laughs> and I might be a little hoardy myself, except with my sister, because she's my friend, and she was my first friend in the open world, so she can have nice things, even when they're mine. As for the rest of you, you may not have nice things, they're mine. <laughs> so only your sister. Sometimes my brother Loki can have a nice thing. I don't take them from him. So if now if, um you take things from other people though, I understand, <laughs> like at Devon. Um well, I mean accusations have been made, but my lawyer is currently addressing that situation. <clears throat> mm-hmm. If you are perhaps referencing the potential theft of some really nice chocolate that was strangely found in my mouth I don't know what you mean when you say strangely found would you like to uh, yes uh, would you like to explain where those chocolates were (laughs) well so the chocolate was theoretically placed on a bale of hay quite high up out of my reach for reasons completely unknown to me but uh, I might or might not have come up with a clever and agile way of using different steps to get up to that point. For example, um, a sawdust bale and then the trunk. And then I jumped a big jump up to the hay. <laughs> and then I jumped back down, clutching the bar of milk in my jaws. No, I didn't. I didn't do that. <laughs> She had some too. Now, were you sharing or was she just being naughty? Um, she did not jump up. I I enabled her to have it. She's not a big jumper. Hence the discussion on sharing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So the way I see it, we ate half of a giant bar of Milka, but we're fine. 
Okay. So not to demonstrate my agility skills. So so to recap, you're 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 saying that you will share with your sister most of the time, but everybody else it's a no. And sometimes my brother no Okay. Okay. But the rest of you are just completely out of But no sharing with humans? Well, I mean if the Um, human unwraps the cheese and then gives it to me, that's fine. That sharing? (laughs) Yes. You can have your (laughs) wrapper. Got it. It's nice. God, I just out of the mouth mouths of palms. Yeah. Out of the mouths of Hetty. True wisdom. So, so if you're going to share with somebody, just remember, you can have the thing and give them the wrapper and you're sharing. Yes. There you go. Great. Uh, that's better that than most perfect. people. I think that's better than most people. Yeah. Okay. Well, thank much, okay. Teddy. Thanks. Teddy. Thanks, Teddy. Bye. Bye. And now it's time for the breed of the show. So we are at the breed of the show section of our program and I'm really quite excited because um, we are going to keep everything in theme and keep it about chickens this time a very good friend of mine is visiting from Dallas and I said I have to do a chicken you know you've had chickens what do you recommend and she recommended the buff Orpington and as I shared with these guys Orpington is a word that I've never said in my life I mean it's it's a, it's O-R-P-I-N-G-T-O-N because I, I thought it was Orphington. <laughs> By the way, there were no buff Orphingtons. But anyway, this is, um, Tigger, you, you told me that you have. A Except buff. when you've had too many martinis. Yeah, exactly. Then, it, then it's whatever you want it to be. Um, but these, oh my gosh, they're just fascinating. I love learning about new stuff. Um, they are kind of a favorite breed of backyard breeders. Um because they're very friendly and outgoing and social. Watched a couple videos of, you know, these chickens going and hugging kids and they follow people around. Um, they're very calm and friendly. They, um, they're kind of like puppies. Like one of the videos I watched about them getting into breeding these guys, um, or excuse me, having them, I shouldn't say breeding them, um, was, you know, how you socialize them when they get them as chicks. And they, you know, it's kind of like, sounded like raising a dog, which was kind of fun. And they're, they're just extraordinarily friendly. Um, and they're, they're a little, they're a bigger, a bigger bird, not a huge bird, but they're kind of beef, beefy and stockier. So I'm, I'm getting in my head of myself because they're just so cute. So anyway, they're, they're originally from Orpington, Kent, United Kingdom. They are very good uh, egg layers, um, and I'm just mentioning this because this is what I learned. They're also a good uh, meat quality, but I am fairly certain if I ever meet one, I will never eat chicken again. <laughs> um, <laughs> just, just one saying. way to make you into vegetarian. I know, right? Like I said, they're very good like egg layers. They produce a decent size egg. Apparently, it's you know it's a brown color with a pinkish hue to it. Tigger, could you attest to that? Does that sound like um, that was just one of the videos? I call I them the golden. Mine are golden and black. Really? Okay, and so that's interesting. Brown. Ah, okay, that's cool. Um, and they're pretty good egg layers. Is that correct? You have yours are good. Uh, Excellent. Yeah, the females make very good mothers because they're very broody. I love that word. <laughs> 
Um, so, it, 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 <laughs> right, yeah, I just thought that was kind of funny. Um, but they, uh, they're they a very good, I guess, first chicken to kind of get into. Um, there are several different colors. So I, I had to do a little research to figure this out. So there's a buff Orpington, but then there's a lavender Orpington or the black Orpington. So they're all, whatever the color is, that's the Orpington they are. But there, but there are tons of de- neat colors. So there's the blue and a lavender, which are, I guess, a little bit uh, more rare. Um, and um, so, as far as its characteristics, the the Poultry Club of Great Britain um, describes them as a heavy brood body. <laughs> Just think this is so cute with a low stance, kind of like a <laughs> kind of like a sports car. You know what I mean? <laughs> Um, exactly. They have, yeah, they have um, fluffed out feathers, which make them look, you know, kind of large. And they—I um, don't know if this will be a good um, description. The back, their their patukus or their their chicken hind end, um, is shaped in a U with a lot of feathers. So they're the whole—they're supposed to be very fluffy. <laughs> Again, just come on. Who doesn't want that? Who doesn't want a fluffy chicken? Um, but they, they have to have a cur- a curvy shaped short back with a U underline, which would be the fluffy chicken patukas. Um, uh, uh, let's see, what else can I tell you? So, okay. And I don't know, I, did I mention that they're from Orpington, Kent? That's where they're originally from is from Orpington, Kent, United Kingdom. Yes, so they yes. are, yes, they're, they're a British bird. Um, and like I said, there are tons of different colors. Um, some are a little bit more rare. They do come in a, a bantam version, um, and I think all the same similar colors. But you know, I think this just, like I said, if you if you want to continue to eat chicken, don't get this bird because or this chicken because there's just videos upon videos of these adorable Orpington chickens that are following little kids around. Um, they're really good with other chickens are kind of like the middle of the road they're not supposed to be real aggressive which i guess is the thing tigger which you probably can share um being a chicken chicken gal yourself yeah um but they're just a great it sounds like they're a great first bird to have um because they're friendly and they are smart and they're good egg layers so i personally want a chicken So Tigger, tell us about you. You have you you said you have. Did you say you have a buff? You've got buff, and do you have black as well? Uh huh. And black, well, dark. Okay. And um, was a black what, or What made you get this particular type of chicken? I I had no hand in 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 these. Chicken, chicken. Um, there there are these chicken swaps. Hmm. Um, and they're once a month and Peter goes down regularly and gets more chickens. Okay. And, um, that's how we first got the golden. I, I like Rhode Island reds. Okay. Um, so we have them as well. We have some Dominicans. Um, we have two roosters, mm. um, and they're gay. <laughs> Are they? <laughs> yeah, so they're not a problem. <laughs> okay. I was going to say. <laughs> um... I, I love having chickens, and the the buff Orpingtons are really friendly, happy, mm. almost laid back for a chicken. That's so funny. And and um, I highly recommend. Can you pick them up? Oh yeah, because that was what the, the they I kind crouch. of crouch. 
Yeah. Okay. Because that's what sort of floored me because I watched several different videos and just these, you know, one would run over and like hug this little boy. And I'm sure everybody saw that one video circulating on Facebook, but this was just like um, a couple videos of, you know, different chickens and they would just go up and hug, hug this little boy. And I'm like, oh, who wouldn't want that? You know, they just seem like friendly, easygoing, fun, fun little things to have around. They are. I, I enjoy them tremendously. I bet. I highly, bet. highly recommend horse people have chickens. Mm-hmm. There we go. And, Everybody should and have good, one. Yep. And they're good egg layers. So there you have it. We're at Critter Nutrition, and today I'm going to talk about bone remodeling in horses. Bone remodeling is an ongoing process in horses and in all mammals larger than rats. The lifelong process repairs micro damage to bones from everyday stress and promotes the deposition of newer, better material. It includes bone resorption, where mature bone material is removed from the skeleton, and new bone is formed in a process called ossification. Bone remodeling also responds to the demands of mechanical loading and impact, which can affect normal bone homeostasis. That is, the coordinated balance of the cells responsible for bone formation. These are the osteoblasts and the osteoclasts. When there is bone homeostasis, the osteoclasts break down bone and the osteoblasts make new bone. But when bone homeostasis becomes imbalanced, the osteoclasts are breaking down bone faster than the osteoblasts can rebuild. In humans, this is known as osteoporosis. Calcium, phosphorus, and magnesium are important cofactors in the bone remodeling process. The osteoclasts break down bone, thus freeing the calcium, while the osteoblasts deposit calcium into bone. The bone matrix itself is made of a mineral known as hydroxyapatite, which contains calcium, phosphorus, and collagen. The role of children in osphos. When the coordinated activity of osteoclasts and osteoblasts becomes unbalanced, the osteoclasts break down more bone material than the osteoblasts can replace. Tildren and osphos are a group of drugs called bisphosphonates. This class of drugs has been used in human medicine for osteoporosis, bone cancer, and periodontal disease. What bisphosphonates do is inhibit bone resorption. That is, reducing the activity of the osteoclasts and thus increasing bone density. Osteocalcin. Research has highlighted osteocalcin, which is a calcium-binding protein found in the extracellular matrix of bone and osteoblasts. It is produced by osteoblasts during bone formation. Osteocalcium is vitamin K-dependent. Low dietary intake of vitamin K can lower bone density and bone mass. Osteocalcin is the most abundant protein in bone. It regulates bone mineralization and is routinely measured in human medicine as a serum marker of bone formation. The importance of vitamin K for bone. There are three forms of vitamin K. Vitamin K1 from green leafy plants, vitamin K2 synthesized by the horse and the liver, and vitamin K3, a synthetic version added to many commercial feeds. 
Vitamin K was mostly thought to be important for its role in blood clotting, but research on humans showed that vitamin K has a major role in bone metabolism and subsequent cartilage and joint integrity. It is essential for the production of osteocalcin. Horses out on fresh pasture eight to 10 hours per day generally fulfill their daily requirement of vitamin K1 from the grasses. But horses on limited turnout or confined to dry paddocks may not be getting enough vitamin K1. K1 is a result of photosynthesis, which means that when a pasture is cut for hay, the vitamin K1 content quickly diminishes. A study in Australia on ryegrass showed that the fresh ryegrass pasture yielded 8.9 milligrams of vitamin K1 per kilo. When the pasture was cut for hay and the hay stored for two weeks in a shed, the vitamin content dropped to 1.9 milligrams per kilo. Winter pastures that have turned brown have virtually no vitamin K1. Supporting bone homeostasis. Daily training and exercise, including short periods of intense exercise, can produce a beneficial response in bone, stimulating bone modeling and improving skeletal strength. However, sustained high loading of limbs can cause the remodeling rates to be reduced. Long breaks from training, either voluntary or because of injury, can lead to a decrease in bone mass and strength. Several small studies on thoroughbred yearlings and adult horses show that there is an enhancement of bone mineral content associated with free exercise, allowing horses access to pasture as much as possible. Confinement of yearlings to box stalls showed a decrease in the mineral content of the cannon bone compared to yearlings kept out on pasture. Horses on spring, summer, fall pasture, eight to 10 hours per day, are getting a good supply of vitamin K. Horses that are primarily kept in stalls and horses on winter pasture benefit from vitamin K support. The blue-green algae spirulina is a wonderful food source of K1 and can be found in all Biostar Optimum formulas. Adding shilajit, to bioresin from the Himalayas, has shown to increase osteoblast formation and the upregulation of six different types of collagen. This is important both for horses in work and horses on layup. Bone remodeling supplementation. Because bone remodeling is an active ongoing process, Biostar provides shilajit with renatured vitamin K1 in a matrix of supportive foods and minerals in a formula called Quantum. The renatured vitamin K1 we use is grown and cultured in alfalfa, which is a natural food source of vitamin K1. The cultured broth of alfalfa and vitamin K is then blended with live yeast, which metabolizes the broth, providing receptor sites for vitamin K. This is a far more expensive source of vitamin K than the, than the synthetic version, but bioavailability is significantly higher. Bone remodeling is an ongoing process throughout our horses' lives. Exercise, hours out on green pasture, and the minerals calcium, phosphorus, and magnesium are the foundation of maintaining the healthy balance of breakdown and building new bone. Real horses and real dogs are healthier, perform better, and recover more quickly on real food. That's why Biostar empowers horse and canine owners with 100% whole food nutrition, supplements, and feeding programs. 
Biostar products are made at their own certified non-GMO facility in Gordonsville, Virginia, using real fruit ingredients that are raw, freeze-dried, or dehydrated, never cooked, and are free from artificial flavors, colors, soy, corn, wheat, and molasses. The Biostar product line includes a wide range of whole food, horse and dog supplements, treats, and unique artisan poultices that embrace the ancient and traditional uses of clay and plants. Visit BiostarUS.com today and learn about whole foods and canine and equine nutrition so you can make the best decisions about the care and health of your horses and dogs. That's BiostarUS.com. Whole food nutrition the way nature intended. The topic today in Coffee Clatch is what kind of boyfriend or girlfriend would your horse be if it was a human? I love this. So I, I'm going to turn that question to Patty. Oh. Wow. <laughs> okay. I just, I don't know. I just, when you, I just think this is funny. Um, I, I have uh, decided to do it with um, my horse, Stu, who um, is a Pierre former stallion, has lots of babies on the ground. And um, I gelded him a little over a year ago. And I, this is my version of Stu. <laughs> um, I think that, that Stu would be seen as like a very handsome, fun, at-party type of guy. Um, but he would really piss people off. And after a period of time, they would just want him to leave. So he'd be one of those people that would show up. They'd be like, oh, my God, I'm so glad he's here. And then they'd be like, okay, ready for him to go. <laughs> so over. He's a little high maintenance. <laughs> um, yeah. And, um, he would be like, um, such a girl about like getting in fights about stuff. Like he'd be horrible about making up and we, you'd have to listen to his point. It'd be going on and on. And then it would just be such a pain. And then finally he would come around and he would be great. First and foremost, um, he would, uh, as people know, you know, Spanish horses are supposed to be horses that can be brought into battle. Um, Stu didn't read that at any point because he'd be the first one out. If you want to stay on his back as he's turning around running and screaming like a girl, that's cool. But um, I'm telling you right now, he doesn't care if you're with him or not with him. He's gone. If say he that again. was a human, what kind of mm-hmm. job he have as, as your boyfriend? What kind of job? Yeah. Um, <laughs> his career. Choices. You know, I don't know why I say this because it's probably not, I, the first thing I think of is like a banker. <laughs> like, like he, I don't know why, like he just, he has his kind of his rules and his guidelines of what he wants to be, but there's, and he's, I just think he's, you know, he'd be very attentive in some ways, but if there's a spider, um, he'd run you over to get out of the way of it. So I think he'd be, a, he's, he's a very, very good listener when he's in the mood <laughs> and um he's just one of the, he's he's just a big old handsome guy that i think people like can that can really like but then there's just like a point to when you're done with them you're just like okay god i wish he would leave <laughs> i'm i'm ready for him to be done yeah so i'm gonna say a banker i'm um banker. yeah a banker that's funny yeah okay jennifer what about your guy okay nigel um I was trying to think of this and I, I kind of, he is, um, he's a prankster and he's a good listener, but he mm-hmm. tends to nod off while listening because <laughs> he wants okay. to listen and he wants to be interested, but it doesn't always work out that way. His idea of a romantic date 
is a picnic, mm. which includes two bags of uh. of uh, Cool Ranch Doritos. Oh, for him. Oh, oh, <laughs> oh! Gotcha. Did you want some? Yeah, one of those. Did you want some? Yeah, I'm on the last one, but I'll oh, remember yes. that for next time. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Uh, he's he's not much of a talker. Okay. Prone to pouting. Wait, are we talking about Nigel or... (laughs) (laughs) Nigel. And um, when he attends the office Christmas party, Mm -hmm. the next day when folks are talking about the party, they'll go, was Nigel there? And nobody will remember (laughs) if he was there or not. (laughs) Poor little Nigel. Okay. And his, his career aspirations is he works at the Jiffy Lube and he aspires to become the assistant manager. Oh boy, that's good. That's good stuff. That's good stuff. Okay. Okay. There we go. That's Tigger. Nigel. Well, um, Lionheart would be very close to Sheldon on. Oh, that's um, Big Bang. Big Bang Theory. Oh, what is that show? Why is Big Bang Theory? Yes, the Big, Big Bang, Bang Theory. Theory. So a very. Um, a fastidious scientist type. Um, everything has to very OCD, you know, mm. everything has to be just so, or it just blows his mind and he can't cope. Mm. Um, not particularly adventurous kind of boyfriend. You know, you say you want to go out and hike and you go, uh, no, I'd rather stay inside and play computer games. Yeah. Yeah. Um, mm. And I, I think he would be bisexual. Okay. But does I he know it? If, if he was a human, he would he would go both ways, and I think he would have very good decorating, you know, good good eye for oh, decorating. God, He'd like those kinds of things, especially for his own environment. Yeah, he wouldn't he wouldn't be uh, he'd be the guy that in high school was the ball boy because <laughs> he wouldn't have the courage, even if he had the seek to go out yeah. and and get hit or. Yeah. Yeah. So that 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 would be that would be lion. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. It is it <laughs> that was for this would this was fun because I could I could go through so many of my horses, but that was just fun. So everybody needs well, to go. Please let us know what what boyfriend or girlfriend your horse is. Yeah. Um go yeah, to Help let us know. radio Send, and yeah. you know. Send pictures. I want to <laughs> see. Send us a, a picture, text descriptions yeah i wonder it'll be interesting send them in put them on the facebook page on healthy healthy critters radio it would be interesting to see if different disciplines have a propensity for different uh-huh. boyfriend yeah. or girlfriend types hmm. are there lots of romantics oh, in the true. dressage are there a lot of adventurers in the trail it'll be interesting so put them out there head off to the facebook page healthy critters radio venting, and post the it venting might be Great idea. Thanks for listening, everyone, and thanks to our sponsor, Biostar US. You can find them online at biostarus.com. Get the Horse Radio Network phone app on iOS or Android by searching for Horse Radio Network in the App Store. It's free and easy to use. For details about today's show, go to healthycrittersradio.com, where you can find links, photos, and more information about our guests. As always, we love your feedback. Please follow us on Facebook under Healthy Critters Radio. Be sure to visit all the great shows on Horse Radio Network at horseradionetwork.com. Love your dog.
Hug your horse. Feed your chickens. Clean your litter box. Dance with your goat. Slither with your snakes. Howl at the moon. Hang with your hamster. Party with your parrot. Waddle with your walrus. Outwit your otter. Cuddle your cows. Rap with your raptor. Go chipping with your chipmunks. Forgive your fox. While hedging your hog. We also recommend that you rack with your raccoon. Gyrate with your giraffe. Meditate with a meerkat. Uber with your orangutan. Facebook with your flamingo. Ponder with your panda. Walk with your wookie. Yawn with your yak. Twitter with your toucan. Go raining with your reindeer. Dropbox your dragon. (laughs) 